Welcome to Made in Australia. Ball Played's deep dive into the Australian games industry where we focus on an Australian-based studio and their upcoming game. Welcome back to another episode of Made in Australia. I'm joined by Lizelle from Vivink Studios. Lizelle, how are you going? I'm going great. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Lovely to have you on the show. We've been uh, talking about it for, for a while, on and off. Uh, so great to finally have you uh, here and talking about your game and your journey. Yeah, time flies. It's It's been a long time since we suggested this. <laughs> it has, it has. But uh, look, you know, the game is uh, well and truly in development, so there's a lot to talk about. Uh, but firstly, uh, tell us a bit about you. So we know your name's Lizelle, but, you know, like where are you from? Any other sort of stuff you want to you want you want to share about you as a person? Um, yeah, well, I'm the lead artist uh, for um, A Lurie and Viving Studios, and I, I guess I founded this studio. I work with um, this amazing team of um, Tyrone, our programmer, and Tom, the composer, and we've got shout new people coming. Yeah, shout out to them. <laughs> Come, people, new people coming on board, and I'm uh, yeah, I guess I've drawn all sorts of things and uh, I guess I draw every day nice. <laughs> and and I go through and I also build all the levels and everything it's, awesome it's a lot of fun yeah. and you're uh, from memory based in Melbourne no actually no. based in Sydney oh, um, Theron uh... and I are both based in Sydney okay where did I get Melbourne from then why do I we always think we met in Melbourne I think we did yes we did but <laughs> I, I really felt like you were from Melbourne okay well <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> That's all right. No, actually, none of our team members are from Melbourne. Tom is from um, ACT. Well, you can tell my uh, my <laughs> research is well. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, I'm actually I don't really post much about myself online at all, so I. No, I think I, I think I probably just assumed it. I don't know. Um, that's why you should never assume. All right. So, uh, how's uh, is it, are you actually from Sydney or yeah, <clears throat> a, yeah. a different born, part of um? Born in Sydney, raised yeah. here. Yeah. Um. But been a, been around Melbourne, Brisbane, yep. ACT, of course. Sydney's your favourite, I assume. It's. Hmm. I want to visit Adelaide. I think it'd be cool to live there. <laughs> but Sydney's pretty cool. <laughs> Look, ha- having been to Adelaide, and uh, like no offence to any of our Adelaide listeners, but uh, yeah, I don't I uh, don't share your enthusiasm for living. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> but in, but in saying that, I'm from Tasmania, so I can't really talk. Um, How's Herbart though? I know a few. Uh, shout out to Smash Attack from Herbart, and <laughs> yeah, they're. Uh, I think yeah, we've covered them not in this segment, but we've definitely covered uh, one of the uh, them before. Is it sh- is it Shape versus? Is that Smash Attack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're uh, showcasing. Yeah, no, we're um. Well, me personally, I uh, was born in and from Launceston, so the other end of the state. So. Ah. Launceston and Hobart don't really get along. Uh, we're kind of <laughs> it's a bit like Melbourne and Sydney, but uh, on kind of a much smaller scale. Uh, but it's like you know, it's again a uh, beautiful place to visit. Uh, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't live there long term. But uh, Hobart apparently has uh, definitely turned a new leaf, and uh, it's 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 quite popular now. Yeah, I hear the music festivals are massive. Now you um, just completely off topic and. Uh, I'm gonna probably question without notice here, but uh, you went uh, to Splendor in the gr- it's P- P- Splendor in the Grass, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to say festivals. mud, but that was, that was the <laughs> um, But how was that? Is there any anybody that in particular that you went to see, or just for the 
Yeah, uh, the headliners were pretty cool, and uh, I've never been to Splendor before. The yeah, last right. music festival I went to was Soundwave. Um, yeah, right, and same. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, back when. What was your last Soundwave? Uh, the last Soundwave, I want to say. The one with, okay, maybe not, but the one with um, Smashing Pumpkins is probably the biggest band I can think of that, that was there. Ah. Um, that I wanted to see. Uh, there was a band on like the Sunday morning, like 10.30 a.m., 11 a.m., whatever, that I went, really, really wanted to see. Uh, they only had like, what, like, you know, 40 minutes set or whatever it is. Uh, they spent 15 minutes of it uh, with like sound problems or like tech issues. So I saw them for a grand total of about 25 minutes. Wow, so. <laughs> that sucks. Well, I saw a whole of uh, grand, to- uh, the whole of Friday for a grand total of zero minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were stuck, stuck we're wait- waiting for the boys. It's really, it's like this little pop rock band, um, mm. and so excited because I've seen them before. Because I, this is completely off topic now, but I yeah. went and saw psychedelic porn crumpet. Okay. crumpets. They're a really, really good band. Sorry, and what, what's what's the name? Psychedelic. Psychedelic. Uh, Porn crumpets. Oh, porn crumpets. <laughs> I thought you said prom crumpets. Like. <laughs> I don't know whether I should have censored that or not. But <laughs> uh, they're like a psychedelic rock band from okay, cool. um, from Australia. And they're amazing. One of my favorite bands. And one of the um, openers was this band called The Boys. And they were amazing live. And I yeah, was nice. like, wow. And they, they were opening for Splendor, the first lineup on Friday. Cool. And we were sitting there in the mud. And then we're just staring at the stage, and nothing's happening for 20 minutes, and everyone's cheering them on, and mm. it turns out the whole thing got cancelled on Friday. Yeah, Biden. I heard about that. <laughs> yeah, um, but other than that, it was gorillas people... on that day, but got cancelled, and that was oh well. Because <laughs> um, it's like a camping thing, isn't it? Like that's yeah. Rem- yeah, yeah. Yeah, I um, we didn't camp. Uh, we were we don't have a car license, so there was no way we would be able to. Easily <laughs> go in um, in the camping grounds, so we just booked um, hotels at oh, nice. the Gold Coast and nice. you can catch a shuttle down. Awesome. And as we were going down through the shuttle bus, you can see this like uh, there's a sense of dread throughout all the um, people, everyone else from the Gold Coast, because mm. yeah, like you notice that it's all flooded and it looks terrible, and it you just keep going further and further into the to the festival and it's even more mudded and there's just swamp everywhere and everyone's like oh (laughs) (laughs) it was a lot of fun otherwise it's just a bit of mud Um, so yeah so it was was good fun hopefully uh no clothes were uh badly hurt in the uh, the enjoyment (laughs) no we were were prepared um gum boots no we just used hiking boots and they actually lasted the whole time yeah (laughs) and they look Nice. There was we didn't abandon them like everyone else did. Uh, everyone, yeah. There was abandoned gumboots everywhere. Really? Right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right. Well, let's uh, we'll, we'll pivot back to um to games and, uh, <laughs> and that. But uh, so all right, Aluri, tell us what's the elevator pitch? If you if you ha- had to give us uh, give us that, what's what's that? All right. Well, straight from the website. Aluri <laughs> is a 2D platformer, hand-drawn, and it's a story about um, based around endangered species. So the main title character is Aluri, is Aluri, the name of the game as well, and it's a red panda, which is also endangered. And um, and yeah, so all the characters that you rescue in the game are based off endangered species, and you can go through the as you encounter them and rescue them, you unlock more pages in their encyclopedia, and you can look up 
their real life uh, endangered status and or threatened awesome. status, which is pretty cool. And um, it's not randomly generated. It's all hand-built, handmade levels, vast levels that you can take through multiple uh, paths to um, complete it. And there are even some little secret hidden ways you can go to finish levels. Yeah. Nice. It's, it's a big game. All hand-painted and all hand-drawn. So it's all frame by frame. <laughs> um, so you've touched on a, on a... You've kind of got a little bit of some answers uh, to, uh, to some other questions I've got here. So first one I want to throw at you is... Uh, so what made you choose the Red Panda as the game's like protagonist or you know the main animal in the game? Well, the... Um the initial concepts were a mix of a red panda and a fox, if it weren't evident. Uh, and it was actually meant to be a way more fast-paced game, um, a speedrunning game, basically. And right. I spoke to some speedrunners at PAX uh, before the game had started development, and they said that uh, speedrunners prefer games that aren't centered around them but catered to them. Does that, They find their way... Yeah, into, yeah, 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 and I was like, oh, okay, because we had this um, prototype. The game is actually based off this, the grappling prototype entirely, um, okay. which was done by uh, another uh, team member who's not on the team anymore. His name is um, Damon. Yeah, he mm. did the prototype, and we made this idea, and then um, decided to actually hone into the Red Panda and really focus on the um, in like something, like that's really core in, in my my personal values is raising awareness for endangered animals. Cause like, yeah. So I made it really fluffy and really cute. And we actually tested it in different styles, whether we go full 3d or go the Ori style where it's uh, flattened 3d yep. um, sprites or 2d entirely and 2d worked the best. And cool. I'm a very quick drawer. So I guess it's, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm going to assume that you like red pandas in general, like, is uh, well, <laughs> well, the red, the orange, the red orange, um, worked really well f against the contrast of the uh, the green worlds and environments and the blues and stuff that it's centered around. And I thought it was like an underrated animal. Oh, well, at the time, now it's uh, <laughs> it's very popular now, <laughs> which is great. And uh, another thing that I um, I've always wanted to talk about, but I never really get to, is because uh, um, I guess it's I've no I'm I've done a lot of Pokemon designs in my life. And that's uh, uh, that's there's some questions a bit later in. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I feel I feel like I wanted to approach the design of these characters the same way I would if I were to design a Pokemon. So okay. like that's cool. The initial idea of uh, the initial concept or the thing the the what is it the starting point of the design of the character is like um, I guess just a starting point. And mm. the reason why it literally looks a little bit different to what a regular red panda would would be is that they're not exactly a red panda. It's it's its own species. Yeah. Um. And I kind of wanted that with all the character designs because I wanted to treat them like I would if I were to design a cat character or a crocodile or something like that, something a bit more well known. Yeah, so right. I wanted to give them the same intentions of from a design point of view as well. That's so I guess really that's cool. why. Yeah, yeah, so I guess that's why a lot of people think it's a fox <laughs> at first glance. Look, I, uh, I'm not going to lie. I, d I did think it was a fox. I think it was at PAX yeah. 2019 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, that, yeah, um, it's probably 2019. And I, yeah, I thought, yeah, 
definitely thought it was a fox and not a. But no, that's uh, very cool. So you you mentioned that uh, part of the game's like narrative or its experience is raising awareness for endangered species. Um, yeah. And you just mentioned just 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 saying that that's something that you that you're quite passionate about. Um, so so I guess tell us a little bit about that in the sense that. Um, uh, how does the game do that? Uh, I, I know that you did say before that you can look up uh, information ab- about these an- animals or uh, is that kind of... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, we definitely wanted to uh, like uh, a way for players who are in, who are interested in the, um, the animals themselves that they can look, uh, go through and like read it up about it themselves and with a, um, and uh, from the real life animal and also the, the creature in the game that's based off it and yeah, yeah and oh, sorry what was the other question <laughs> well, no, no, it was all kind of just one but i guess how does how does the game raise the awareness ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, like so what's like from a game uh, yeah like from a gameplay point of view like uh so in like narrative wise does do you does the player know that they are uh rescuing endangered animals or is it uh, when you go and look up, you know, the information on the character or the creature, sorry, um, you see that it's endangered kind of thing or, yeah. yeah Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, we um, we uh, have this feature where you, uh, ev- in every single level, there is a there's a feature character of that level um, for that environment, uh, which will be like, for example, be like something based off an axolotl or based off a... Um, a okay, giant how, panda. How, or? How, how. I, I, I was going to pause you for two seconds because so you've just said axolotl. That's a little uh, octopusy looking thing, isn't it? Or a little little calamari looking looking dude. <laughs> um, so I played uh, a game. These guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah so because I okay, I, oh, I played a game. A where, the last review I've done is for a game called Lord Winklebottom Investigates, and that uh, I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. So that is based on. Um, that's like uh, an animal world where, like, you know, like uh, anthropomorphic. I can, I can never ever say that word. Like, my mouth just can't put those words together. But, <laughs> um, but in that game, you actually investigate the death of one of those creatures. And I was like, I've never heard of this creature before in my entire life. And now that's, yeah, that's the second game that I've heard about. So, um, yeah. Axolotls are amazing. And yeah, they're mostly in the wild, they're critically endangered. And. I think a lot, and that's, I don't know if a lot of people know that. And I think it's no, the same thing that happened with red pandas. Uh, when I talked, when we talked about it, a lot of people didn't know that they were endangered or threatened mm. or, you know, and, and there's a lot of conservation efforts, uh, that could be supported to, if, um, you know, and hopefully, hopefully a Lurie is one of those Yeah, nice. that will assist that. Yeah. I did. Um, yeah. So I did, I think I, when I went to the zoo, <laughs> uh, and there was like a red panda there. I think the you know the little plaque info that I think that did mention that it, that it was endangered. But where does one find an axolotl? Like I'm assuming not like you know under the hose or like the barbecue. <laughs> they're um <laughs> they're found uh was it mostly in in the wild? I think they're in Me- uh, Mexico. Okay, cool, right? But yeah, uh, there's. There's like I'm just going looking through it now. Nothing just to double Sydney. check myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they they're very popular as pets. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Um. um 
Yeah. Oh, and back on back onto the answer. Yeah. So there. So you can. There's a like a main animal or creatures uh, in every level, and uh, you have to def you have to find them, uh, f and rescue them, f and defeat by defeating all these other enemies uh, in the um, in the area. And then when you clear that zone, uh, it's rescued, and it will uh, update and give you that information. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, not sure if this is going to be spoiler territory, but uh, what other animals can we expect to see in Aluri? <laughs> like I said, there's a giant panda. Um, there's the uh, the burrowing owl, and for things that aren't out yet but are being designed, there's also the um, the kakapau. Kakapo? <laughs> the, um, there's the orangutan, elephant, and uh, green sea turtle, oh, um, nice. sea lions, and stuff. And these all have a um, like a Pokemon spin on their designs, kind of. Yeah, yeah. The nice. the approach is that they um, they they're actually all in uh, gut plant life embedded into the their flora embedded into their design, and if like. So if an extra bonus, it's uh, some of them are actually endangered plants as well. <laughs> That's very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks. I'm glad. <laughs> so the idea for so you're saying it came from like uh, that prototype that you were designing. Where did the concept for the whole endangered species, the red panda, the the fox, uh, you know, where where did that all come from? Like, it was we we just like I'd, I would love to include you know, animals in this kind of thing or? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. basically kind of where I was going, yeah. going through. I was like, why don't I just make it, you know, a bit more and like give, give some, uh, uh, I guess more of like a, a spotlight on these yeah. animals that are severely like underutilized and un underrated. <laughs> yeah. Was there, but um, there are actually quite a few that are, a bit less known that are in the game as well than, nice. than just the tiger and the elephant, like um, like the elves did, the mountain pygmy possum and whatnot. Like any native Australian, yeah, the pygmy possum itself actually. That that is a tragic story um, because of the bushfires that occurred in yeah. twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. Uh, a lot of the um, ha habitatial zoning and uh had been completely eradicated and there was a period where no one really knew how many were left if any at all it's yeah, very right. sad yeah any uh <laughs> any tasmanian devils while we're uh speaking <laughs> i want to add more but we've actually completely filled out every yeah, everything right. but i want to add actually more australian animals that especially like the likes of um the greater bilby <laughs> Uh, personal favorite of mine. The, Tassie Tiger, the, surely that's going to be in there. In yeah, the background yeah, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, I gotta. <laughs> We're really, really, really good at making endangered animals here in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> Got a large selection. <laughs> uh, so the, the game has been in for what? Development for three three years? Four years? Yeah, you could say three to four. I think okay. my first showcase was in 2018, but I was, it was mostly like a, it was a school project at that stage. Yeah, right. Um. Yeah, and then... Uh, then we did our Kickstarter. I was really adamant about not doing a Kickstarter because I didn't want to be, you know, that type of people that beg for money. But I realized that it would be better for the game itself to run it and see if people like the idea. And then yeah. if they want to support it, they get as much as they can back. Like, get the game, of course, and actually get the game done. And, yeah, uh, we've been developing for a while. And 
Um, uh, I think I'm the only one. Yeah, I obviously it's balancing between jobs and contract jobs and stuff like that. Yeah. All right. So the other thing that you mentioned very, very early on, and I want to talk about because it's incredible, and that's the artwork, like the art style. Like <laughs> you're, like you're, is, are you the sole artist? Yeah. Yeah. This, currently, I am. Yeah. This. Uh, this artwork, this art style, the, what what you've got going on is it, it's amazing. Like, it it, it looks phenomenal. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> so, we'll talk about I guess how you how you got into drawing a bit later, but just in terms of Aluri, where did I guess yeah, Pokemon sort of a little bit of the answer, but because uh, the whole thing kind of looks like it almost looks like a cartoon. Like it feels like you're playing playing a cartoon kind of thing. So I guess where where did the inspiration for the art style uh overall kind of come from uh mostly um older disney movies actually i was gonna say that but um yeah so uh bambi is a major um inspiration and also some ghibli works of course as well uh but yeah and also we looked at ori and the likes of whole night and stuff um just for understanding how to implement such a style in in unity as well like i had a it was a long learning process <laughs> but now it's like a lot of people say it looks storyboard like uh, storybook like yeah like, and there's definitely or like, those elements to it yeah 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 or like a disney movie which i hope so <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's really fun um to draw and to paint and yeah as you can tell also all animated characters in the game uh, they kind of have that cell look with, you know, how that, um, that 2d flat appearance yep. and, but all the environments and stuff are of like fully painted. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've, uh, I don't, I can't remember. It might've been the Kickstarter cause I backed the Kickstarter. So I did, oh, did no. we, get, did we get the Kickstarter? <laughs> sorry. Was there a demo with the Kickstarter or was yeah, there, yeah, was there was, or was there a demo available for everybody? Oh, it's for everybody. It's yeah, on itch, cool. But, anyway, so, um, yeah. but it, I think it came out around the time of the Kickstarter <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did play that and, um, yeah, I can remember like that opening kind of cut scene or that. Um, and I was like, this, this is literally, this feels like, like I'm watching like a cartoon, like a, like an older <laughs> style Disney cartoon. So no, it, it looks, it looks, it looks excellent. Um, so I want to talk about gameplay a little bit. So, it's a platformer. I'm gonna. Is, is, yeah. is it a pla- yeah? So it's yeah, two D platformer. Yeah. So what? Um, I guess gameplay wise, what, what sort of inspirations uh, are there? Like, uh, uh, I'm gonna. I mean, largely no, put- Yoshi's Island. Oh, okay, right. I thought you were gonna say more <laughs> the um the games that you've already mentioned, but okay, I did not. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Did- well, Hollow Knight and yeah. um Ori definitely. Uh, but uh, those are both Metrovanias. This yeah. is a level based game, so I guess a lot of that, like, comes from that. Um, and also, um, uh, I used to, do, I did a lot of like reading into, um, grappling mechanics because, uh, as like when the prototype was made, um, he and I, we went through, um, different games that used grappling and yeah, like including just like, cause. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, actually I think we did look at that, but it's because yeah. that was 3d. It wasn't like as, yeah. um, you can grapple I think on it, like, anything. I think like. Jamie Rollo's work, Silverhook. I think that was game. What well, the game was called? 
from Not like a yeah. long, long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Jamie Roll. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big fan of the podcast, I hear. So, um, yeah, big, oh, big shout outs to him. <laughs> now, uh, yeah, nice. So, yeah, because I mean, I don't recall a lot of what I played. I think I only played the first level because I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save it for, for when I actually properly play it. Um, so my memory is a, a little bit hazy because the Kickstarter was a year ago. Almost exactly one year ago yeah. now. Um, so that's yeah. So that would have been when I last played it. I actually yeah. meant to play it in preparation for this, but this week's <laughs> been a bit uh, a bit wild. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> we've we've the game is almost entirely different now. In terms of like... To the demo, yeah, right. Yeah, so uh, am I... Is this a question up ahead about the Kickstarter? Oh, there is later on, but but you can... um, I mean, we can... It's flowing. We can go with the flow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, um, yeah, like uh, if you're playing the demo now, um, the base game there is like basically the same. Those two levels that are in the game are basically what as they are. But... um, and all the main features, like rescuing an animal, uh, moving the seed and planting it and stuff is all in there. Uh, but uh, we've added a whole new combat system, um, upgrade system, upgrade trees and stuff. And uh, yeah, and like some things around it have now changed because of that. So there's a new like, like kind of like a currency-ish system to uplo- upgrade your skill tree, but it's non-mandatory. So that means that people, they don't have to use it to finish the level it just like it just means that you have more ways of finishing levels and reaching other areas that increase your essence count which is your kind of like the currency to build okay. an upgrade yeah okay so i'm going to give you a very odd question it's, it's well, not sorry the questions are odd but <laughs> the content of the question might be a bit strange have you heard of a game called vampire or vampire it's from don't nod Vampire with it's a Y? A, yeah, why are Anyway, so that game you can um, so you can eat people, like, you know, and that is your – that's essentially pays for your upgrades. You, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but so in that – so, yeah, in, in, in that game you can choose to eat people, which then gives you the points or the, the stuff you need to, to buy skills. But it obviously it's, – it's almost two different experiences. Um, because obviously when you get your powers, like, you know, it changes the game kind of thing. So you're always balancing this moral compass, if if you want to call it that. Um, do I want to go and eat people? This, you know, this guy looks a bit tasty. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. I remember this game. So, yeah. So does, (laughs) I guess, so when you say that there's an upgrade system, but it's not, you don't have to use it to complete it. Uh, are you better? What's the, hmm, what's the best way to play the game in your opinion? Is it to use the upgrades or to... Or is it to not? Uh, so make make kind of sense. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I kind of I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah. So the um, approach we went for is um, the 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 upgrades you get are kind of like rewards, kind of like vampire, where if you go out of your way to defeat enemies to gain this essence, because the the um, the only way you can receive essence is through defeating enemies. Uh, it it just gives you more ways of um, I guess defeating enemies and and whatnot. Um, so it in, like it increases the value of the gameplay to those who are already playing in that direction. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. So I, I guess yeah. the thing, um, it's kind of a bit like again, like very different to to Alluria, but like Dishonored, where you can go lethal and like non-lethal, right? And um, and 
playing one way, it's very, very different to playing the other. Uh, yeah. And when I play Dishonored, I'm non-lethal. I take six hours to complete a level because I don't want to be seen by anybody. I don't want to kill anybody. <laughs> uh, but obviously then when um, you play it the other way, it's so much fun. It's so much fun to use the powers to kill people. Um, yeah, so it, it's always interesting how devs, I guess, balance that system or that, you know, because... Yeah, the, the biggest challenge is uh, giving those who upgrade their abilities too much power. I think that is going to be the biggest challenge, uh, especially because, like, if you get things like projectiles and whatnot into the game, if you're not intending on allowing players to defeat the game uh, or to finish the game without projectiles, like, if that is not a thing, but it's a, still an option, yeah. that will provide a lot of balancing issues. So, like, certain um, certain tight tight like main like uh titan characters like the bosses and stuff like that probably would be unaffected by projectiles or something like that or you know you, you have to really like cater for multiple different play styles because speaking of like catering for multiple different play styles we wanted to um when we played we showcased this at pax and we had a lot of people who never played platformers before Oh, it was embarrassing this one time. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> WWF once streamed a literary, and I think it... Oh, Han. So for a split <laughs> second, for like a microsecond, I thought you were talking about the wrestling game. The wrestling yeah, game. yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't there like a legal thing that they had to change their name to WWE. Yeah, correct. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I, just, I can <laughs> j- just imagine like The Rock. <laughs> I, hope they, I hope they play it. That'd be funny. <laughs> the I think it was um I think it was the CEO of the Australia WWF or something. Yeah. I can't remember right now. They were playing a Lurie, but they've never played a platformer before. Oh, right. And they didn't know how to press left trigger to climb up a wall and at that very so they never got through the level and at that very moment I realized that we need to really, really like assist and provide more options. Um yeah. Yeah, for people to be able to play in many different ways, because so, <laughs> it's like uh, it's very clearly a um, a game that uh, has a very lo- large general audience, and we want as many people as possible to enjoy the game. Yeah, of course. Yeah, um, yeah. you know, it's it's, it's yeah, like that like that side of the development is is I always find that quite interesting how you tackle. Uh, gameplay you know how you appeal you know do you stick to your guns and just go now this is like you know like the from software kind of thing like i want to make this game hard as shit so um (laughs) uh, but no it's good good to hear that uh you know everyone and anyone can uh get their hands on and play alluri um so a couple of quick quick fire questions on on alluri and then we might move away to to more about the studio but um so it's coming to Nintendo Switch and PC. I do, do have a question about that, uh, but we might maybe we might ask that later. But uh, any other consoles on the on the uh, planning stages, or just is just focusing on those two for the moment? Currently not. Um, it's just focusing on these two because the Switch itself is a mighty milestone, <laughs> and and uh, none of us have a another console, and I I don't know anyone who does. And I don't know if I have the time to do the dev kit. Okay, which one do you have? Do you have PlayStation or Both. Xbox? Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, you have to. I mean, you're... Yeah. <laughs> it's your field. I should really, but I stopped at, at 
the I don't know what generation we're at now. <laughs> okay, that that is, that is wild. Like you know, we're, so we're at the PS5 and uh, yeah. Xbox Series X and Series S. So the S is like yeah. the the um, the smaller scale one. Yeah. Yeah, the last one I had was the PS4 and the Xbox One. I think so. Just a generation beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. So I may as well ask the the Switch question now because I think. And I'm probably wrong here. Again, great research. Um, the Switch came. The Switch announcement came later. It yeah. Was it initially for PC. It was initially just for PC. Yeah, cool. Um, but uh, this game seems like it'd be perfect for the Switch, and so we applied for it. We got accepted, and now we're just uh, working towards getting it on and nice. making it work and all that stuff. <laughs> it will probably be released later than the Steam version. Ooh. Okay, well, that, that, that's sort of the next question. So, um, obviously, you've planned uh, the all the i the the hope is that you launch the game in twenty twenty two. Are we still on track for that for that release? Um, we've decided that uh, releasing it this year might not be wise, considering there's actually just a giant backload backlog of like giant titles coming out this year because of the twenty 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 one delays. And um, with Silksong coming out as well, which is a, another competitor, and yeah. we, it's a, it's hard to figure out when we should, because um, we definitely want it also to be as polished as possible. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Is there, and this is probably this is a, a not just an Illyria question, but more just a, a general question. But, um, what is the question? <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the is there a point where that like that you come to where you're like, no, nah, like we have to get this thing out, the money's run out, kind of thing. Like we we've got to push it out, or is it kind of you're at your own leisure here? You can kind of release it when when it's done, kind of. Well, thing. we wanted we wanted to release it this year for sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's also yeah, you either release a game when it's not ready, or you release a game when it's ready. You know. But like, so, <laughs> The, the, the thing that I've always wondered is when is it ever ready? Like, is it like, like, yeah, when, did, like when does it come to that point? Like, like <laughs> what is that? What is that moment that you go, yeah, this we can we can put this out now? Because um, obviously, with you know, like updates and stuff, people, you know, you're always improving on it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, with like that. Yeah, with the um, every developer now has the ability to just up, update it as it, as it goes along and really pan it out, patch it out. And, course there's that option too yeah <laughs> but uh yeah cool all right so it's looking like 2023 all right that's uh <laughs> big news <laughs> um all right so let's go let's talk more about you and um so so tell me how did how how did you get into video games and like you know like what are some of your first memories of of pl- of uh playing games um i always loved playing the SNES. I <laughs> played so much of it. Um and yeah, uh funnily enough actually Yoshi's Island was the first game I ever played. Okay. The first game I ever earned for myself on Game Boy on Vance, Sumara World um Advance, which was great. Um yeah. Uh I don't know. Always played games. I I think am I allowed to say games that really inspire me? Yeah, <laughs> you, that... can, you can you can talk about anything. You can talk about anything you want like did you play with your parents, siblings? What what games did you play with your friends? What games you love playing? You know, games that uh, inspired yeah, well, you. Anything. Of course, played with 
my um my family. Uh, my aunties were super into Super Nintendo as well, and we also had an N64. And then I really got into the Xbox generation of games because I didn't have a, I had I had like a laptop, that, yeah. so I couldn't really do PC games. I played a a lot of Civ, and I still do. And if I if you if I even turn on that game, I don't turn it off for 24 <laughs> hours. <laughs> but yeah, um, I guess uh, I really, yeah, 2D platformers is just like a game I, uh, genre I really enjoy. Um, Rain World is one of my absolute favorites. You'll always hear me saying that. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, any yeah. any modern games? What's, all right, two, two questions. Modern games that you like and what's the last game that you played modern games that i like that's not your own <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> you kind of run out of time when you're making your own game <laughs> uh modern games are like you mean like last like 10 last years ta- 10 years or whatever yeah five ten whatever you want whatever you want modern can be whatever you want um well i've been playing a lot of social games now with my f- my friends i, I I think Monsanto World is probably one of the best games ever. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, um, playing a lot of Deep Rock Galactics, shout out to those uh, devs. Yeah. They're amazing. <laughs> uh, no, there's a few people that uh, well played that uh, play that game. and yeah, they, Such uh, a good game. Love it. <laughs> yeah, Rock and Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, playing a lot of, um, I think, uh, um, well, a lot of Fall Guys because that's just free okay. now. Yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> Vagante is really good. Um has actually inspired our next game, which is next be will be a roguelite. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, that that was a, that's a question that is uh a bit later, <laughs> but um okay, so I don't think I've ever actually asked anybody this this question before, but I'm curious. Is are, are there any uh games or genres that you don't like? Anything you go, nah, that's just not for me. <laughs> is that because I mentioned Point and Cliff was not my yeah. favorite genre? <laughs> yeah, that's I think it. that I'm punishing <laughs> you for that. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I think that was the only one. Um, oh, even really? then, okay. I when I was a kid, I I still played it, uh, but I just found it. I guess it's just when I was a kid, I just found it annoying because I was like, I want to walk around, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I found it very very fair. linear. But yeah. like, nah. It's, I don't really have a disdain towards anything, actually, even though it's, like, my least favorite genre, but, yeah. Yeah. Now, see, I, 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 the reason why I like them is because of the, the stories. You know, I'm a bit of a – I'm a story fan, so I love a good narrative, and, you know, point and clicks, that's pretty much one of the only things that they've got going because um, the gameplay is very, very minimal and very basic most of the time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, like I love, yeah, a good story. But Those uh, are like, really oh. – No, you go, you go. I was going to just say that they're actually really good to – play all together as a group as well um, yeah, right. a singular point and click or one of those like narrative games because everyone just gets to enjoy it at the same time <laughs> yeah see like, I, was, I was just gonna say like for me like games like fall guys for example and not my <laughs> thing like like i don't quite enjoy that those sorts of games um 3d platformer or massive multiplayer uh or, well, depends multiplayer? <laughs> it depends Pla- is it the competitive scene yeah, I'm not really into that. Like, so when it comes to like multiplayer stuff, I'm more of a PVE kind of kind of person than a ah. PVP. Uh, so like, like I love Payday. Like, like Payday um, is a great time. Uh, GTFO, yeah. which is like a recent one, 
Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, like you know, like I love that stuff where you know you're still playing with with mates, but so I guess other people mainly because I get my ass kicked. Like you know, <laughs> I'm, like um, I'm not that good because I don't spend <laughs> enough time to get good at a at at a certain game. So. <laughs> It's amazing how um, there are actually a lot of ways now, developers for multiplayer games like that that are competitive, uh, trying new ways to make it so it's balanced in the um, the game itself rather than, uh, rather than just going through a ranking system. Speaking of which, uh, I think maybe that I've always, I feel like I've always had that competitive edge. I've played yeah, a right. lot of COD. Yeah, um, right. Back they in Xbox 360. Like. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so much COD. I played a lot of Splitgate. Titanfall is one of my favorite games of all time. Titanfall is good. <laughs> nice. I never played um, the new one because uh, I was playing a lot of PUBG around that new time. Uh, Apex Legends, sorry. Because oh, right. from that studio, from yeah. Titanfall Studios. Um, I really hope they make Titanfall again. <laughs> yeah, well, have but, you played the second one? Assuming yeah, yeah I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I prefer the first, but I do like the second as well. Okay. Um, yeah, see, I, I always say this to people, but... It might it might mean more coming uh, going to you, but I always used to buy COD for the story. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd play like a little bit of multiplayer, get absolutely smashed, and be like, why? Like, why do I even bother? Like, if I just wanted to feel bad about myself, I'd just go to work every day, with, you know, which I do. Like. <laughs> um, no. Actually, um, their campaigns are really good for single player if you enjoy a more linear based like um story because it's like very they have they've had that style of uh mm. of um campaign for since the a long time since ages. Yeah. Someone actually, I think it was Donkey. I don't know if you watched Donkey, yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> but he pointed I, 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 out yeah, that that yeah. type of campaign is almost outdated. But I, yeah. I don't think sort yeah. of, <laughs> which which is a bit sad. Um. I, I mean, think a lot of people yeah. really enjoy that type of style and I don't think they should ever probably stop it because otherwise that niche will just disappear. Like yeah, well, market. the thing, I think for like a lot of people and like I know from speaking with like my friends and other people, but it's a time thing as well. Like linear yeah. games, are like you can smash them out in, you know, five to 12 hours, let's say, um, rather than these bloated, massive open world games that take you know, 50, 100 hours kind of thing, you know, to sit down and play through like a Call of Duty campaign might be, you know, six to eight hours kind of thing and, th- you know, that's all you want. Um, yeah. Yeah. But that actually... Yeah, you definitely... Go no, you go, 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 go. Please go. Oh, you definitely <laughs> got to um, approach it from uh, the perspective of those who just come home from work mm. and all they want to do is just down and f- go to the next chapter of their, like, their campaign and sit down in, and like, shoot people. That's yeah, yeah, like in the yeah. in Doom or COD or Halo, yeah. or, you know, yeah. and they just, but they don't want to do it in a multiplayer setting or mm. an open world setting or something like, you know, um, mass RPG because <laughs> yeah. they're not in, they don't enjoy that stuff. They don't have time to think about that. They're yeah, correct. probably parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, parents, you know, all that sort of stuff. But that did, yeah. did remind me. Actually, I I've skipped a couple of Aluri questions, but this ties quite back uh, into it nicely. But Aluri is actually co-op. It's multiplayer. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. Um, talk to us about that. So, so, how does that work? It's drop in, drop out, um, two-player gameplay, uh, and it you have to share the screen. So, if one of you goes too far, you'll probably not see the other one. Okay, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> it's it actually it's actually really um we've we've tried many different ways to see if we could um like 
you know, if if you go outside the boundaries, you die, or or if you you're, you're tethered together or something mm. like that. But out of the the best experience was seems to be, um, yeah, just uh, forcing the two players to like have to work together to stay together. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and from a um, uh, from a design point of view are you the same like are you two like do you look the same or is one is like player two a different shade for oh example? yeah player, player two is actually part of the law um is that uh a luri is the last of its spoiler last of its species oh. <laughs> <laughs> you see the lot you see its family spoiler die at the beginning of the game yeah so, I do, yeah i do recall that yeah 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 it's, it's spoiler for the first five seconds of the game <laughs> <laughs> um and uh in the lore of the game um and at and that world uh it's kind of briefly explained and it will and it's shown throughout the rest of the game is that a uh if an animal has gone extinct um they uh come back in form of like these small spirits like okay. kind of like ghost-like creatures, and so player two is kind of technically uh, a spirit uh, of Aluri's like ancestral ancestral like species. So nice. it's like it's just there to help you. Um, and Aluri's parents show up and also do the same thing. So if those who play the demo and it's in the main game itself, uh, not many people notice this, but there is a little. Um, Hopping mouse at the beginning of the game, if you encounter it, it will run away. But you later see that same mouse at the end of the of uh, the demo um, as a spirit because they are actually an extinct animal. Oh, <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> yeah, so there's actually extinct species in the game as well. Cool. So yeah. uh, I'm I'm calling it now. There's there's gonna be a Tassie tiger in there. I can feel. <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, there's um a whole like lake of in extinct animals actually yeah, like a t-rex like did we see any dinosaurs or was, or was that too too far <laughs> that'd extinct? be cool actually <laughs> should get a dinosaur forest that's it um, maybe in um a patch like a dlc for dlc please do so um okay so cod platformers aunties what made you <laughs> want to actually get into game design for, as a career um I guess it's like, you know, you play games, you want to make them. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I did everything I studied was leading up to this point of developing a game. I studied concept art um, and then 3D art and animation, uh, game management and learning, business development, and then making it all into a game so I could do the whole pipeline, I guess. Nice. That's uh, quite, quite the CV there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and wh- and wh- where did you study all that at? Um, I went to Animal Design Center um, for this amazing course. Uh, another shout out to Barry, an ex Disney um, background oh, really? artist. Cool. <laughs> he's he's a he's a great teacher. Yep. And yeah, and then uh yeah, then from there went into went to AIE, which actually um, a literally was part of the incubator program, which is when you go yes. when you do your graduate diploma, you uh um get kind of like um it's like a what's it called it's like a not like a trial but it's like a like a test of like you kind of get to um experience what it's like trying to get 
I guess publishing funds. Yeah. 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 So you have to um, uh, showcase a prototype, a GDD, and blah blah blah, and um, pitch your game to AIE, and they'll um, test whether they actually want to sponsor you or not. Yeah, we'll give you funds. Yeah. Cool. So you so you were successful. I'm sure. Yeah. 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 We were. Um, nice. Yeah, we were. We were, and I'm grateful because that got us to PAX. <laughs> then we got to meet you. <laughs> we did. We did. Yeah. So okay. So. Uh, I Sorry, I've been a- I've been answering. I've, no, this is the no, no, longest. No, no, it's all right. <laughs> Just ranting. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Like this is uh, it's all very very good stuff. So okay, so you studied that, um, and I I know this, but you said it before. So it was literally it was a school project. So I'm assuming by school, obviously um, AI and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The studio. So Vivink Studio or is it Studios? Sorry. Vivink Studios, yeah. Sure. So, did that start like like, like that? Must have started at AIE or yeah. Has, yeah, yeah. So I guess how did that group? How did the company? How did the studio? How did that come to come to exist? Um, I, I guess I I had to start one, uh, and I started it with this envision of making uh games that have a like I guess engaging characters and storytelling and yeah and then so from like there. Clicks. <laughs> like, <laughs> like point and clicks, yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, we got Tyrone from AIE as well through that, and uh, we also got Tom, um, on board as well, uh, through the, oh, I forgot what the, ANU, I think, I forgot what college he came from. <laughs> had a had a, like a syst- uh, had like a kind of like a system in place where um they would get their graduates. Uh, join on board with one of those studios from GDML mm-hmm. and we got Tom through that, which was great. We actually talked about that in the other podcast interview thing. Nice. Yeah. If you want to hear about Tom, <laughs> he's an amazing composer. He's, uh, all right, well, uh, yeah, we did this interview. Um, shout out to that one. <laughs> uh, it will be online at, uh, during um, I think Melbourne Games Week I think and it's all about audio um, and it was it was a great interview and Tom talks a lot about his process as well so yeah. with Aluri what, what, um, what's the question what is his impact on the game design itself so is he purely just getting uh, scenes and then he just puts music to it or is he helping um, create the game? If, if that kind of makes sense. Like, yeah. Yeah. Tom, is, uh, he's also implementing um, Tom, uh, our composer. He's not only doing the, um, the music, he's also implementing it into the engine through WIs, uh, third party system uh, plugin. So he, he's in charge of like making sure um, the audio activates when it does, and the music plays, and it's got immersive uh, music and and sound, and and yeah. So um, he also did all the compositions for the cutscenes, which was like a, a lot of back and forth. Like it's basically like mini short films <laughs> that he composed, which is amazing. And he did this uh, fantastic work on the theme. I really enjoy it. Um, and he has a background in. Uh, classical music so he writes all his sheets um, yep. with the intention of it being played live which is pretty awesome cool. so yeah. we can uh when Aluru does release we can expect uh, a live soundtrack uh performance 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're actually looking into that. Nice. <laughs> we can get some of it done live. <laughs> Maybe you could play it at a animal conservation center. I don't know if that's a yeah. Zoo? No, that'd be cool Maybe? at a sanctuary or something. <laughs> yeah, or sanctuary. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Maybe not scare all the animals. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they can help play. You know, you can get like, I don't know, a lemur's extinct. Like, like, sorry. Get a koala involved. You, yeah, you can get, get them on the drum or something. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, nice. Cool. So, very cool. Uh, now, I've forgotten where we were. We were talking about the audio. Uh, yes. The so, team. So, yes, the team. Uh, so, you said three work for Vivink now, four in total have worked for them. Are there any yeah. like uh, contractors or Yeah, outside, now we've, um, we've also yeah. got now on team, uh, thanks to Kickstarter. Sorry, I just totally no, jumped my answer in there. <laughs> <laughs> we've got um, a contractor on for um, uh, playtesting, which is such a ha- so handy because uh, before... He was on board. I, I did all the playtesting. Yeah, right. So not only was I doing all the art, level design, design mechanics, building the levels, building the game, I also was doing all the playtesting, and that was so tedious. <laughs> yeah. So how do you? Um, okay. So give me a very imagine. I'm the I'm like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2. Like I've just come into this world. I know nothing. So what? Yeah. So when? <laughs> so 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 playtesting like that. Is that that's not just bugs, or sorry, is that just bugs, or is that like enjoyment too? Yeah, it's both. Yeah. It's um, finding things that we would never find, because uh, this is this thing that game developers have where uh, they kind of like glaze over their problems. If they they know exactly because they've been working with it for so long, they know exactly where that problem is. And if they don't have someone else play test it, they probably would never actually go and fix it because in their mind, they're already thinking that it's like, oh, I just instinctively know not to do that because yeah. there is a bug there, but obviously it's never going to get fixed if it's, yeah. Another thing is that like, you get different play styles. Uh, our play tester, um, uh, his name is Logan. <laughs> he, he's like, because uh, he's a speedrunner, he's really into breaking games. Yeah, he's really into breaking games. So that actually is really favorable for us because he goes out of his way to like go and um, find bugs and mm. see how far you can push them. And I think that's really really cool. And I think uh, I think playtesters are like really underappreciated because like uh, progress and development has moved so much faster because we have someone else on board to play test. We also have a new sound engineer coming on board. Um, okay. So Tom's going to be focusing mostly on, um, after this, he's going to be focusing mostly on the uh, the music and implementation, and we've got a new audio coming in. So sound will be probably completely updated by the time the game's out. And we're also, I know it's it's great being like, oh, I did all the art, but we're getting another artist on board <laughs> to do animation. Um, just, just to offload the work and provide more jobs for uh obviously sydney artists which would yeah. be great and or even australian artists if and um if things go well and if we have enough room in our budget probably add another animator on board um actually just so like i'd love to do this all myself uh but it will never be released <laughs> and, so, yeah okay the, a couple questions i got, I got for you so just back to the playtesting very very quickly how do you uh, respond or how, how do you take 
the criticism. So, and I'm talking purely about enjoyment. So, so not bugs here, but like if, you know, let's say you've played, um, played a particular level in your, in Lurie and you're like, yeah, no, this is, is good shit. Um, but then, <laughs> but then Logan comes in and he goes, nah, that, that half that level was not fun. I guess, you know, what, what's your kind of response to that or how do you take that feedback? You definitely have to um, take, of, obvious, of course, take that into consideration. You have to uh, see it from from their perspective and then try and find a compromise into, like, is that really necessary there or, uh, like, or should we um, either make it, uh, like, add more, like, uh, versatility or, or really make it easier? There's actually some of the levels early levels um i designed them to be too hard actually and right. we had we had to um he said no this is actually too hard here like even though he could finish them it's like for an early level it's like too difficult so it's actually kind of okay for that to happen because that means you just actually just go and you sponge it out into other levels and you can like introduce because uh you want to introduce certain features um at a gradual level in a game and um if you introduce too many obstacles or too too many mechanics in one level, it feels underwhelming by the time you reach other levels. So, like everything is like been really, uh, I guess, catered to and to ensure that like it feels like it's progressing as well. Yeah, but um, Aglery has been going through a lot of uh, like also showcasing uh, like packs and stuff as well, and um, and the developers us we've been on the floor right there, hearing the feedback as well and watching people stream it and stuff um, early in development. There's a lot of like, uh, a lot of things that um, to gather from it. We even talked to our community on Discord. Uh, so when we were updating the combat, we asked around, or we asked Discord, like what features do you think Aluru should have? Like, mm. and they, I think one of them was a parry system. So yeah, <laughs> that was a parry. <laughs> okay. We've got to just stop and just go back to Aluri. Explain the combat system to me because this, this is obviously a game. This is a cute game. It's about endangered species, uh, but there's combat. So what sort of combat? Like, like it's not like Kung Fu, like, you know, we're not like saying like a Kung Fu panda. No, know? no, 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 no. It's more just um, uh, when we first made the game, there was actually almost zero attention towards the combat because that wasn't the uh, intention. Um, uh, but then like, so like the idea, when I say combat, I mean like fighting enemies yeah. and, you know, beating them up, let's say Hollow Knight style. You know how Hollow Knight has a lot of focus into how the combat Look, works, Look, I've right? not played There's... it, but I, but I have seen it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 I guess that's the best reference I can give because it's a 2D platformer and it's yeah. hand drawn <laughs> and, um, team cherry. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so it wasn't meant to be like that. In fact, we got a lot, a lot of people saying that they actually like the fact that it's like it's not. There's a lot of 2D platform games, um, which are awesome, like, but they are like they really, really focus on the combat and it's like and like the the attacks are like all really super fancy and you know and like uh, there's like a million different ways you can do combos. Um, they're awesome. Nothing against them, but it's just that that wasn't what Aluri was gonna yeah. be. It was about this cute little fluffy thing. Uh, but like. Um, we kept it in as a reward, uh, as a milestone tier, and uh, in Kickstarter, and um, and it got reached. So we thought, like, oh, well, we may as well give the audience what they want, which is a uh, 
uh, a more fleshed out like system. And also one of the criticisms we had was that a lot of the enemies felt really like, um, I guess, like pointless okay. because it wasn't the intention. Uh, like we actually, uh, yeah, um, it wasn't our focus at all. Uh, but now we, uh, I guess that's one reason why it, feel, it makes it feel like the gameplay is so different now is that the enemies now have a purpose there are way more enemies with more different variations of like attacks and stuff that like that Elyria can de- like deflect or you know like um, and stuff like that. There's a whole the whole projectile system is like um, in there and yeah yeah. Nice. So what was the question? <laughs> the combat system, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. I answered. <laughs> yes. No. That, that's good. That's good. So. We'll we'll jump ahead here uh, to the Kickstarter because we've mentioned yep. it quite a few times, so we might as well talk about it. But um, so you ran the Kickstarter. Uh, you've kind of pre- you've pretty much answered this question, but how has that money helped? Um, and actually, first, just remind me because uh, I actually I covered this quite a bit, but I can't remember the exact amount, and I should know because I did I backed it and I looked at it the other day. Um, <laughs> how much were you chasing again? 18,000 AUD and, and we got, got like 70. 70, that's it, yeah. Plus, okay, yeah. Yeah, um, so Which I guess, was, yeah. like We're so grateful for. <laughs> yeah, like were you expecting to get that much funding? No, definitely not. <laughs> and it's been um, great because we, we, like, we've been able to expand our team and um, we've got now enough money to... Uh, pay for the initial development and whatnot as well <laughs> i reckon uh I'd, I'd like to say that uh i helped push that uh <laughs> yeah that, thank you so much <laughs> that's 70k so um you know sh- shout outs to me <laughs> yeah. <It counts>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um no that's that's great um that's really good I, 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 it's always good because whenever i do these chats uh people are always a bit nervous about doing the Kickstarter and I assume you would have felt the same way. Like, how's it going to, how are people going to react? Is it going to be a dud? Like, you know, you're going to get, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so I guess what, um, yeah, like the overall Kickstarter experience, um, how have you found it? Cause, uh, I think a few people that I've spoken to have been like, it's a lot of work or it's it, like, it like is. next time I probably wouldn't do it because it is a lot of work not because it's not a good platform. But it's a lot of work. Yeah, I think the the hardest part is dealing with the physical merch. We own like I specifically made it so um, physical stuff could not be added on, mostly because it was just going to expand the amount of merch. And also, it's a bit. I'm not the biggest fan of saying that this is a message about environmental awareness and then shipping plastic (laughs) so we so we like i focused really hard on i tried really hard to um ensure that uh the environment like the plush toys were environmentally friendly um in some way or another (laughs) so there's gonna be no like uh alluri um i should have figured out what i was gonna say before i made this this call (laughs) <laughs> like like the like the the coals or shoes or whatever they are. Oh uh, no, that's oh uh, yeah, junk and the yeah. more plastic junk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we um uh even the pins were added on in the middle of the campaign uh because uh I guess people just wanted more stuff <laughs> and we I guess like um really do want to make the uh 
the audience happy, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So physical, if you're ever planning on doing a Kickstarter, just be aware that physical merch is probably going to be the hardest part, especially with the amount of shipping um, issues that are around in the world as well. Uh, that had delayed us by a long, long, long time. We There was an unimaginable amount of delays uh, of production and, and shipping and the costs uh, fluctuating. It, at one point, it was going to send us into a spiral of debt because of how much shipping was going to cost. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Because yeah. of all the... Um, well, the supply pandemic, chain issues. Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah, and, and, yeah, that. Yeah, and um, uh, managing that's difficult. I would suggest... We didn't do it through another thing, like, what are they called? Like, um, there's a, a bunch of companies that handle Kickstarter, like, man like Kickstarter management. I've forgotten their names. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but they they uh they run through Kickstarter and they help you set up rewards and then shipping them out and stuff like that. Like definitely, like I would suggest doing that. We just didn't have enough funds for that. Um, and yeah, another thing is like don't overshoot it. Just everything we provided in a for the master rewards was something we had the the skeleton or the intention to make anyway. Does that make sense? If you're making a Kickstarter and you want to add every feature under the sun <laughs> as yeah. a master and reward, that's not going to work, especially if you don't have the ability to make that in the first place. And, and yeah. And another thing is um, your goal should not be that high. The idea is that the Kickstarter funding, the initial goal is not going to fully fund your game. I think I think a lot of developers understood this or, uh, before they go in, but a lot of people, a lot of developers also go in with the idea of hitting 50k, 70k, and they never reach it in the in the initial goal. So they never and they're never able to fund their game. Like it's better to have some money than no money. True. Yeah. Very true. Um, all right. So I, I want to go to <laughs> a question that I wanted to ask. Um, but so you're a very talented artist. So te tell us. I mean, how? Because I can't draw for shit. Um, <laughs> even my stick figures look look bad. Like, <laughs> but um, you know, I guess where you know where did you learn to 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 draw like you like you did or like sorry like you can? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I guess um, I'm sure your stick figures are fine. <laughs> <laughs> They're in your own style, you know. Look, okay, <laughs> I'll tell you how bad my. Okay, this is probably more of like a like a handwriting thing, but this sort of. <laughs> spills over into my drawing but my girlfriend tells me that that my number fives look like wheelchairs so <laughs> that's okay my writing's terrible i can't even read it <laughs> um no drawing i don't know uh like as a kid did I, you just doodle around like drawing uh, stuff and when i was a little little kid yeah i remember not liking drawing yeah right i i always asked my um my auntie to draw for me and then one day she told me to draw it myself and then I did <laughs> other than that you just like you just um I don't know uh, you just draw it draw go at it every day I for me personally uh I am um I've tried everything in the creative art field I I do from hand crafts to textiles 3d art and animation now as well uh, I haven't done that since I've been working on Illuri but um, ideally miss it. <laughs> uh, like, did the pipeline from concept to now fully integrated painting 
assets, painted assets and sprites, pixel stuff as well. It's like something I'm learning as well. It's really um, enjoyable. Uh, but I think like, yeah, I, I just say, just really enjoy learning different styles. I think even if you go to my, even my like on stuff I post online, it's like all of it is just different styles all the time. It's a- Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's why I said like, you know, you're, you're very talented. Like it's, all your stuff is excellent. So I was like, oh, how? Like, <laughs> how? Like, you can't just, you're not just wake up one day. Yeah, no. And then you just draw like that. Like, uh, like you obviously worked hard to, <laughs> to get, um, to get that good. Uh, so we'll talk about what you mentioned earlier and that's the Pokemon, uh, the Pokemon, yeah, the Pokemon, nah, is that, is, is that it? Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. So yeah, I guess, yeah. tell me about that. Like, how did that even come about? Cause that went, cause that went viral pretty much. Like, like, <laughs> Um, like, were you expecting it to go viral? Definitely not. Uh, it actually, um, it all started as a joke. I did, I think, while at AIE, I, I was just like, oh, yeah, you know, it'd be funny. Pokemon, yeah, Pokemon, no, ha, ha, ha. And that, that itself, before the Pokemon themselves, the Fakemon, um, that came afterwards, that was actually a post I did by itself. And and then that went viral and became a Twitter moment. And I was mm. like, oh, I guess people really enjoy the idea of like Aussie Pokemon. And I've, I've always, I've been drawing Pokemon, my own like Pokemon designs since I was like, I could draw. And um, I thought it'd be a good progre- pro- uh, project to do. Like uh, really like, um, I really like tongue in cheek, but also a balance of like real, like it could be official designs. Like I, I, the, the, the comedy of the NR series is like, I think what makes it really enjoyable for me anyway, to, to, to work on, I could have, I worked on it for a whole year and I'm actually still working on the, uh, still working on like the, like the, um, full concepts for like all the environments and stuff now. It's, it's a lot of fun and I'm glad a lot of people enjoy it and maybe one day they'll make an Australian region. So, (laughs) yeah, so that's what, so can you turn this into anything other than what it is, like <laughs> without getting I can, sued? <laughs> I can turn it into a uh, checklist to see what else they're gonna make. Like for example, the um, non-linear gameplay they're now putting in Scarlet Violet, the open world, which I guess was uh, inevitable. I feel like I felt like that was inevitable at the time when I made it in 2019. Um, uh, but like maybe next they'll be able to choose their own starting town. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is yeah, yeah. The 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 gym leaders all. Uh, sorry. To answer your question, um, yeah, actually, those monster designs, I find them like uh, a lot of them are very, um, I guess, important to me, and they will be featured in upcoming games that I and projects that I. And, I want to make my, uh, it's a dream, obviously. It's, I guess it's a dream to make your own monster collecting game. So, yeah. So they will be back, but probably not in the same, like, I think Yenar is just a fun, like, it's like, I, it's, it's like a great study into, when I say great, I mean like it's big, like it's, it's a big study into Australian culture. <laughs> and, and like the, there's so much that is like, under, like, um yeah, unknown or like, you know, underutilized in Australian culture as well. Like it's, yeah, yeah. So it was also meant to be a bit of like a educational thing as well, <laughs> with a lot of the po- a lot of the um, Australian Pokemon uh, things that are part of um, Australian culture, I guess, uh, that aren't brought up as much, but all but like kind of like 
I guess, like in jokes <laughs> with other Aussies. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Because it because it did go viral like that would that would have been a very good boost for I mean I know it was a couple of years ago now but a good boost for for Lurie and and for I guess Vivink uh, as a brand because that's your handle uh, Vivink Art is it, is it yeah you? yeah yeah the idea was the name Vivink Art came from the uh, the fact that like I'm the artist from Vivink Studios <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the right. studio came before my name ah, okay. <laughs> right. yeah and then I guess I just kept it I guess uh, my name is different across every platform. <laughs> Even the one we're using right now. <laughs> and where did um I mean like did is Vivink come from anywhere or just... um yeah the studio used to be called um Bonus Point Studios actually okay yeah but um I was told that it's very boring very corporate and I was like ah oh, fair enough I guess I really need to think about it as like what reflects our studio and what makes it unique and Vivid Ink ah. you know it's hand drawn and it's vivid like very vibrant very cool. and yeah. yeah so yeah very clever I don't th- well done yeah I don't think I've actually ever said that online <laughs> so there this is <laughs> well played first <laughs> um no that's cool so I mean we've kind of talked a, a, a bit about it but um actually no I'm going to ask a different question first but so games come out you've pitched or oh, sorry not games come out okay uh, you've started the prototype whatever you've pitched it uh, they're going yeah we're in lock it in Eddie we're doing it um <laughs> And now you got, you've done the Kickstarter. You've got good funding. Have any like publishers actually approached you about about publishing? Because it's still it's because you are publishing this yourself, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So any uh, corporates, you know? Yeah, actually, uh, quite a few. Um, and to this day, I think I'm still telling them no. Um, uh, currently, we're we're doing this ourselves, and uh, if we kind of want to publish it later on maybe um but we're doing this completely solo <laughs> so is there a reason why that you you want to do that just um um i think for me personally i think it's because it's our first game as a studio it's like there's a lot of things that uh we need to um i guess like what's the opposite of rough polish clean polish yeah polish yeah. out between um as just the studios as us ourselves so like you know it's been like a giant learning experience and we've got, we've had a lot of support and I feel um, once Aluri is out there, uh, probably for the switch, we might get one, but it's, it's just all on, it's just on the table. Yeah. yeah cool. Yeah. Is there, um, I don't even know what the question is. To, to, to <laughs> yeah. It's getting a bit, getting a bit late. <laughs> no, I was like, is there like, uh, is there something that someone could offer you? that you'd be like, yeah, this is a good partnership. Like, is there, um, or is it just flat out? No, first, first game, it's going to be done by ourselves. Yeah. Kind of uh, yeah. Kind of like that. Um, especially because it's like, yeah, we're, we're still, um, still learning, understanding our okay. fitting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Learning. Yeah. yeah. Understanding yeah. where our footing in the industry. Yeah. So, so, uh, the three of you, I'm gonna take a stab, even though I said you should never assume. But um, <laughs> you're 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 the the main person at Aluria. Sorry, not Aluria at uh, Vivink. So so you you kind of run the day to day. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. run the uh, the operations. The yeah, operations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess what have you what have you found to be the most challenging um, part about running a studio? Um, uh, I would have had an answer for this before, but I feel like we've kind of 
gotten it together. Um, kind of have, yeah. So I'm kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I guess uh, during the initial part is understanding. For me, I I guess I don't like bossing people around. So um, knowing, uh, I guess understanding that uh, a lot of people need uh, like people, different developers need different like um, I guess workflows. Some prefer sprints. Some prefer lists. Some prefer, you know, and yep. uh, I guess like understanding how to approach different members of the, of the team and how to best work. Uh, like people manage and kind collaborate. Of, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think uh, one of the the biggest things that most people say is that um, it's just the sheer, the whole everything that comes with running a, a game, uh, you know. A studio so like it's not just like it's not just game design like you know you, you would think you know simplistically you think okay all i'm doing is making a game but it's so much it's so much more than that it's it's yeah. admin it's emailing it's talking to people to people yeah, like me yeah, it's yeah. all this stuff and <laughs> yeah actually sure like, you don't fall behind on emails <laughs> yeah so like you know you, you think oh, i'm gonna give you i'm gonna put 80 percent of time into the game dev it's gonna be sweet but it turns out it's like you know 40 percent kind of thing um yeah. Yeah, so that's, so that's always like really in, interesting how uh, people balance. Yeah, time management and um, yeah, people management. It's 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 all. Uh, you have to get good at writing sheets. Yeah, <laughs> like lots of them, <laughs> contracts and everything. <laughs> all right, so we'll I've got to, just got a couple more, and then we'll and then we'll um we'll call it a day. But yeah. uh, you spoke briefly just about the Sydney. Uh, community, I, I guess, or you know, or wanting to give opportunities to to Sydney artists and stuff. Uh, I guess, h- how have you found the Sydney or the New South Wales, or even like the Australian like games community itself, uh, as in terms of like game design community? For Australia, yeah, um, super supportive, and uh, I feel like um, I think we all kind of like miss each other due to the pandemic we're gonna <laughs> uh but yeah um like yeah everyone's just super super supportive uh and very engaging and um i guess it's because we didn't have a triple a studio in australia for a long time um after the last one left back in what was it 2016 17 was that, was that 2k or, or i think so i think their last actual game development left but um yeah so there's a lot of like you know the likes of like uh you know uh mass monster smg and that you know all the ones that you've been interviewing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh i guess everyone just um kind of s- helps each other out and stuff yeah. so yeah so when you say that like um let's yeah because you know you're first time dev or you know first game dev um so you We've said that, you know, you're still learning. If there's something that you're not sure about, you need help with, like you have people to go to that can that can, can help with yes, that. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah, there's actually a few developers who have helped out heaps. Even um uh mentioned before, uh Smash Attack, um, from Shape yeah, Shape Versus and stuff. There's also uh um Massive Monster, uh he, he uh they've helped heaps and yeah, and um, yeah, like heaps. Nice. Yeah, they um any question uh re- regarding like um even from the uh switch development uh Arv's help us I don't I don't know <laughs> I don't know what his real name I don't I don't remember what his studio used to work for, but <laughs> yeah, he he's helped too. And yeah, just like yeah. Uh you're not al- alone. 
even though sometimes you actually, well, for me, I have to push myself to actually go and ask for help. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's good that you've got people that you can go to. All right. So yeah. is Vivink Studios a full-time job? For me? I guess Definitely. so. Okay. Sorry, okay. <laughs> so you're, um, cause you mentioned sort of that you do sort of contract work where you do other designs for, yeah, so I just yeah. wasn't sure if um if it was. Oh like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Aluri is like, and um, Viving Studios is like my main bulk of time. But I do, we all do contract work uh, to, I guess, to earn money, of course. <laughs> um yeah, no, I, I don't know if you can share anything if there's like a you know NDA or whatever. But like, what's some stuff that you've contributed to? Um, I guess uh stuff that's out. I did the. Did some art for Kangazoo. I think the game's called Kangazoo by um, Blowfish, Blowfish okay. Studios. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was oh. great. Um, that one's actually another game about uh, animal conservation as well. Nice. <laughs> cool. And heaps of other contract work um, as well. Uh, uh, a couple of projects that are happening right now. Um, nice. Yeah, I don't well, know if they have this stuff. On that's right. We we are. I won't ask you to spill those beans. Um, <laughs> all right. So. Oh, actually, there was there's one I I did work for, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I think uh, they're working on a Kickstarter actually. Okay. Um, soon, sometime soon, and that'll be good to, uh, mention. Who who's that? Sorry. Um, let me just. That's all right. <laughs> let me just look up the name. <laughs> one second. That's all right. Um, are you do that? Uh, so. Oh, I found them. Uh, it's um, Sunshine Festival Studios. Uh, they they're working on a two D platform as well. Okay, and they're um, they're Australian. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've not heard of them. I'll add them to my list. Um, <laughs> awesome. Cool. And they're um, so yeah. So you said they're doing a Kickstarter soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I just was there for the uh, initial concepts and and animations. Nice. My stuff cool. is not in there now, but uh, yeah, cool. yeah. So that's cool. It's a one job. Nice. Okay, two two more quick questions. Um, first one: uh, How much time, I guess, a week, if you want to, let's just call it a week, uh, that you actually devote to developing the game? Like, um, like are we all. talking like most of it? Like, yeah, most definitely most of it. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a there's a lot of things that are like from, yeah, from handling mm. um, uh, all the design aspects to animating it to community management and stuff like that is it's a it's a lot <laughs> do you do you find yourself crunching because i've this, i always love asking indie devs this question because um, <laughs> well <laughs> one time we i guess we crunched so hard we were working on the floor of our airbnb airbnb at pax <laughs> we were the um the cutscene um the old cutscene i yeah. animated that on yeah like i said on the floor the night before so <laughs> I guess it's um when you work it's a bit of a I think it might be a trend in the industry now um uh, for a lot of people who work from home mm. if you work from yourself and work from home it's like a deadly concoction yeah. of uh um, so, not understanding your boundaries of work yeah. and home time yeah <laughs> so um I know we're gonna wrap up but so I quickly um. I know I've, I've spoken about this before with with a few devs, and I've just sort of mentioned how it's um, if you know if you're at home and your workstation is at home kind of thing, like you feel guilty when you're not putting time. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. To that project, yeah. So it's always it's always like a like a good balance. Of, you know, sorry, it's, it's about 
having that good balance of um, yeah of uh, work life. Last question for you. Uh, so you've sort of given us given us a bit of a sneak peek, but uh, what does the future hold for Vivink Studios? So you said you're going to be developing a roguelike light like <laughs> rogue like or light. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so first and foremost, it's most definitely Aileri will be um, our main project. Um, once that out, once that's out, we'll obviously be doing a lot of uh, post-release work for it, um, a post-release DLC update for it as well, which would which is coming down the line of that. Uh, that's a lot of work. Um, but we also wanted to release a uh, a much more smaller game. Um, for the Nintendo Switch before okay. the Switch becomes obsolete, yeah. <laughs> of course. So it's a 2D platformer as well, and I hope um, I hope people enjoy it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your story and talking to us about Aluri. Uh, it's been great. It's been a very very good conversation. Yeah. Uh, if people want to follow uh, follow you or find out more, uh, wh- where's the best place to to do all that stuff? Yeah, just um, I guess my uh, Twitter. It's the most updated, and if uh, which is at Vivink Art at Vivink Art on Twitter, and my Instagram has a few more artworks that I post up that I don't really post anywhere else. Yeah, nice. Which is the same name. Cool. And <laughs> uh, there's a website, uh, I guess, for Ellery, yeah. or yeah, you can go check check that out. Um, it'll be linked in one of the one of, one of the articles. Um, yeah. The very last question I got for you. It'll be quick. Oh well, I hope it's quick. Um, <laughs> We've spoken a lot about Pokemon, so I've got to ask, what's your favorite Pokemon? My favorite? Oh, that's hard side. <laughs> I could go on a rant about like why even Lotad is an amazing design, why um why Grimer and Muck are really really good, and why people should not hate Voltorb for being a really amazing like overworld design, for uh <laughs> and um <laughs> how Wingull is one of the most underappreciated Pokemon because if you ever see an artwork like if you ever see an artwork or a scene near the ocean, mm. you see a Wingull <laughs> because it's such an amazing environmental Pokemon design but i think for me some of the stuff uh, i I think flygon is probably up there in my like absolute favorites yeah right personal favorites not in not in the terms of design itself (laughs) it's been a it's been a long 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 time since i've been uh into pokemon but my favorite was hypno oh wow hypno really (laughs) yeah <laughs> everyone's always terrifying. like, everyone's like, what a random Pokemon to be. Does that mean you, does he or they do like they even feature in po- like in like Pokemon these days? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Hypno is actually um, it's actually yeah quite around. I don't know if you the Renaissance of Hypno get around it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hypno was featured in um, the anime recently. It's it's a common Pokemon in PvP and yeah. All right, yeah. nice. <laughs> Can we? Uh, is there a Pokemon Yen uh, take on Hypno? <laughs> Probably not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there is of like other regionals such as yeah. Kangaskhan and whatnot. <laughs> nice. Well, again, thank you for uh, chatting with us. It's been it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, thank you. Can't and, wait to um, um, yeah can't can't wait to see the final product for Aluri and and yeah, yeah and follow your career because like, like I said, your artwork is fantastic. You've You've got a real talent. So um, I hope we see more. 
plenty right, more. Thank you so much. But uh, yeah, Sweet. so uh, thank you for listening, everybody. You can go see all the content at some stage. Uh, uh, likely now when you listen to this at www.well-play.com.au. Uh, thank you for listening and we will see you next time. Yeah. Thank you. Have a good one.